got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew, doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check You're listening to bruise beards and shipwrecks One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. This is Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. And I'm in Philadelphia right now, hanging out with my good friend, Bob Lutzik. What? He, he always hates how I say his last name. How, how Look like in put. Put. Yeah, so, Lutzik. Lutzik. Yep. I said like Lutzik or something. <laughs> yeah. Um... There's so many different ways to pronounce the U. Yeah, and it always throws me off. And like, you know, another one that throws me off is in the Orthodox world. Like, a priest's wife is what? Matushka. See, I always want to say Matushka. Well, people but it's say like all different matushka. things. Matushka. Yeah. So I, I always put you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. The emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. It's a dorky joke. you just did. It's a dorky <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. So, Bob, I'm... I appreciate you putting me up. I came up to Philadelphia. You and I have been friends for a long time now, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring you on my podcast because uh, I think you've got some cool stuff to share with the world. I think you share yourself with the world. That's what you do. Like that's your life, and I want people to know that. Like uh, you inspire me. So before we get too deep into it, uh, let's tell the world how we met. Why do we even know each other? Well, I always say that we met um, serving the homeless, but you had mentioned to me that it was uh, through my church. So I think yeah. you guys you, you guys came to my church one time for yeah. some reason, yeah. and uh, we must have met there, but yeah, I don't so, remember it per se. So, well, and I'm not surprised you don't remember it, but that's because you're so friendly and like outgoing, and it's like, uh, you know the saying, like, you've never met a stranger? Mm-hmm. Like, Bob has never met a stranger like you're friends with everybody instantly you meeting me probably didn't matter very much to you but me meeting you was like that's a really friendly guy like so i came i just moved to philadelphia it's like 2010 i think and i just wanted to visit different churches in the area different orthodox churches Mm -hmm. and i visited your church and you were like bam after the service you were right there introduced yourself to me uh, took us around to coffee hour and, and introduced us. It was awesome. Sometimes I think that could be like in your face, like kind of, you know, like if, if I if I do that. Like I think people might think that I'm in their face. Like, well, you know. And people have different comfort levels, right? Yeah. So some people might be uncomfortable with that. Yeah. But I hear people talk all the time about churches not being friendly. Mm. So no, nobody talked to me. Yeah. Well, I feel like based on that experience, somebody at your church probably is going to be encountered by you or someone else at your church and is going to feel welcomed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things that my priest, uh, you know, asked me to do. But I was already doing that. Okay. You know, uh, sure. being a greeter. Yeah. So I really, I when, when he asked me officially if I would do that, I was like more than happy. Yeah. Because I love talking to people, I love meeting people and getting to know people and making new friends. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're actually you kind of do it on an official level too. Yeah. Okay. Because it definitely comes from your personality. Yeah, I didn't realize you're also kind of officially a greeter. Yeah. How how did that come about? Just father asked me just one day, like. Okay. You know, and I said I I already thought I was I already thought I was unofficially <laughs> a greeter. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so when he asked me to do that, I was like, of course, you know. That makes sense. That's cool. So, okay, so we we met at church, but you don't quite remember that. Um, because you meet everybody. (laughs) But then, so, how I came to be part of the King's Jubilee, and the King's Jubilee is no longer 
an organization, right? Right, right. So, um, just say homeless outreach. It's just okay. a homeless outreach program. Yeah. So, so it was a homeless yeah. outreach program, and I had heard about it through the Orthodox Christian Fellowship at Temple. Right. And then they passed what I call the homeless hate law, that where they restricted the ability to serve the homeless outside. When I heard about that, I was actually drinking a beer at a pub in Fairmount, right across the street from the prison, the old prison. I was pissed. I was like, this is not okay. And so, like, King's Julie was already on my radar, and then I was like, I absolutely have to be involved with this. And then I went out, I met you, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy from St. Stephen's. Tell me about when you first heard about the food sharing ban. Do, do you remember where you were? Did, did you hear about it when you were on the no, parkway? No, I don't remember, actually. Okay. All I remember is, you know, when I started, it was actually another server at my church that got me into going. Okay. So it was a long time before the ban sure. took effect. Yeah. When I, before I, when I started going. Yeah. Um, so somebody at my church, another altar server, told me about King's Jubilee, about the Homeless Outreach Program. Okay. And he, I actually went down with him a few times. Okay. And um, it was probably a couple of years because sure. I started going to yeah. St. Stephen's in 06. So if you came around in 09-ish... Um, it would have been 10, 2010. Yeah, the band didn't take effect until then. So I was serving already yeah. for three years. Right. The homeless. That makes sense. In Philly. When I came there, you were specifically serving cookies that you had made right. And at the time. I remember a couple of times where you couldn't make it for whatever reason. I've never told you this before, but I remember people asking, where's Bob? Mm -hmm. Like, you were, you were already, when I got there, you were a staple. People expected to see you on the parkway with cookies. And when you couldn't make it, which was rare, mm -hmm. you were there more, you've always been there more than me. When you couldn't be there, they were like, bummed. You yeah. know, they were disappointed. Yeah, I think what they, they would mostly say, where's the cookie guy? Like, <laughs> right. that's, you know, that, <laughs> what, the, I don't know if they necessarily knew my name. We should but, put, make a business card for you. <laughs> Bob, the cookie guy. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but, but I didn't make cookies for a long time, actually. Okay. Um, I started making peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Um, because it was, there was more of a need for PBJ. Okay. So uh, then I became known as the PBJ guy. And that's what you're known as now. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And, and okay, so King's Jubilee no longer is serving, but there's now an organization called 12 Baskets Full of... Full, yeah. We just call it 12, 12 Baskets, Baskets Full. Okay. Or 12 Baskets, yeah. Okay. So. And it's a lot of the same people, right? Right. And we do the exact same thing. Okay. Now, it's a slightly different spot, though, now, right? Yeah, it's just maybe three blocks over okay. from where we initially started. Is, uh, is there any more harassment from the government no, or the police? No, no. That's, uh, that's kind of gone away. Yeah. But it's funny because the other day I noticed there was a cop car there. Okay. And I didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you get, like... This feeling in your gut, like, oh, what are they doing? Why are they here? You know? Yeah, yeah. So. When, in Fort Lauderdale, I was serving one time, and they had done a similar food ban. The police were standing around watching us serve food. Yeah. And there was a guy videotaping all of us. And, like, I wanted to give him a middle finger, but I didn't, yeah, you know? Yeah. I would, like, try to be a good Christian, you know? But I wanted to be like, dude, get the, get out of here. What are you, you yeah. know? You can't videotape me, but... And it's tough. For, it's tough for the police. Actually, I there was a time where they uh, in Fort Lauderdale they detained several people. The police did. I could see on the faces of some of those cops they were hating life. Yeah. They didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. They were being told to enforce something that they didn't want to enforce, but their job was to enforce it, right? I didn't know. I mean, I knew other cities were ha had the ban too. Yeah. But I I didn't know how how, how far reached it was like yeah it's it's like 30 to 50 cities in this country have bands like that wow some of them have been very successful in their bands um it's it's very sad uh, it, yeah you you can google this stuff i actually i wrote i wrote a piece on it for um the orthodox christian network 
I talked about what happened in Philadelphia and I talked about what was going on in Fort Lauderdale and how like Fort Lauderdale could learn some lessons from Philadelphia and like the hard work that those ministries and organizations did to come together and fight it. It's probably a little dated now. It's a couple of years, until like three years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, but, but so the band basically isn't in effect anymore in Philly. Okay. You know, like we're yeah. allowed, we fought and we won. So right. there's no more uh, uh, political yeah. block, blockades. Yeah. So um, I, I, I didn't mean to get that deep so fast. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it wasn't, it, that was all my fault. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about briefly on like how we know each other is at some point we became neighbors. I think you just wanted to be someplace cooler <laughs> than where you were and you just heard about me and you thought I got to be know. Bob's neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so actually it was it was uh, very lucky or providential, you know, God God's providence or whatever. Um, I was looking for a place that was a little cheaper because I was living in Fairmount and Fairmount is not cheap. Right. I didn't like spending so much of my paycheck on my rent. Mm -hmm. So I started driving around looking for something a, li a little cheaper and then also something where they would be willing to have two or three dogs. Not a lot of places will rent to more than one dog. Right. And I didn't even know I was driving in your neighborhood and I saw a for rent sign and the price was right and the guy liked me and we became neighbors. We literally lived around the corner from each yeah. other for a year and a half. The greatest year and a half of my life. <laughs> Bob, you're too kind. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was great and we had a couple really cool parties that you came to and it was nice to be able to just walk over and see you or you walk over and see us. Not yeah. that not that uh, we did it as much as we should have, but yeah. it's a great neighborhood. We're, so we're in South Philly and uh, I'm actually staying at, at Bob's house. So I'm gonna take a moment here. One of the things I like to do, Bob, is play some of my music. So we're gonna take a brief break. I wrote a song for the new album called Resolution. And Resolution is a very mellow, nice song. It's about a few things that I was thinking through at the time. One of the verses has to do with um, kind of personal struggles and loneliness and sharing that with close friends, something that we do to some degree. Another verse is about a struggle I was having with a girl I really liked who was kind of blowing me off. And then the last one was talking about laws that are discriminatory against the homeless. This song is from the double LP, The Summer of the Skaters by Royal Ruckus. The song is called Resolution. This morning bright light come through my window Had a sinking feeling that I am in a limbo I'm my own in regret, wonder where my friends go Stuck in between, lonely what it is my friends know Always trying to be better, change up all the things Writing letters to myself about pulling on my strings Grow here, grow there, pull myself up on my straps A few beers with the homies and I'm back up in the traps Getting into flaps with friends Throw it in the rap, asking God for scraps Knowing I didn't do the math I'll never find my way without companions in a map Resolve, find and be a true friend on the path Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright This girl, she is my best friend, she's made quite the impression Became a quick companion, has scooped up my affections Not a thing beats our connection, my number one selection Don't see her imperfections, only see my predilections But my heart, she keeps on messing, with every little stepping Always second guessing, touch her hand, I want the resting She says she likes me, but advances get rejection Can we make an exception, a little indiscretion? She says that's too confusing, my ego gets a bruising Love is oozing out my pores, I got a bad infection Change of my direction, be her friend by election, darling. My hands hold not a weapon, now she's in a depression. And crying on my shoulder, of course I'm gonna hold her. Give her a kind reception, but the very act of that moves heat like a convection. Resolved, pray for resurrection. Show me the need. 
seeds of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Getting crazy, passing laws that are so shady Against the men and ladies who don't have a home If the streets are where you roam, police are getting cagey Homeless hate lives, men are protect and to save me Safe from what? From a man who needs a meal From a woman who's broke With homeless boys and girls, call them human pigeons Ignore their poor conditions, hope they'll go away soon To end or rescue missions, undefiled religion cares For widows and orphans Poor men, homeless, those without a fortune Portions in the soup line, economic disproportions The economic intervention, seeing Christ in contortions Look past the distortion, see an icon in his face Homeless and hungry, God bless, show some grace Starting in this place, I'ma show some kindness Resolve, never turn an eye of blindness Show me the needs of a brother Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Show me the needs of a brother So do the seeds of another life Stuck in the thoughts of the other If we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down alright Alright, welcome back to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. This is Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett. I'm here with my friend Bob Lutzik. I got did, did I get it? I don't know. No, not quite. <laughs> I got close. Yeah. He said it's like put. Yes. Look. Yeah. Lutzik. Got it. Oh, gosh, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Known you for ages now. So, uh, one of the things that the listeners don't know is some of the struggles that you have faced and overcome. Can you talk for a minute about some of the things you've faced in your health that you've dealt with for your life and then uh, tell us a little bit about how you've overcome a lot of that? Well, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor at age four. Um, four? I thought it was two for some reason. No, it was age four. Okay, I remember wrong. Um, they, uh, I've had it since birth, but mm. they diagnosed it at age four. Okay. They said I was imbalanced, I was running into walls, um, my gait was off, okay. and uh, they started to notice certain things about me. Yeah. So I, they actually lifelighted me to Philly. That's how I was introduced to Philly is because okay. of my health. Yeah, um, you were you were in Scranton, right? I was actually in Hazleton. Okay. Which is like really close to Scranton. Okay. Um, but um, they uh, they lifelighted me to Philly, and that's where they diagnosed me gotcha. with a brain tumor. Okay. And um, ever since age four, I've been coming down here for treatments. Yeah. Um, I had a, I have a shunt in my head ever since I'm four years old. It's been changed over the years, but okay. um, I, I live with a shunt, which is just like a tube that drains fluid. Yeah, um, I was like, I don't know what from that your is. head to your stomach. Yeah. Okay. So cerebrospinal fluid. I had a blockage in my head. There was no tube. The tube that actually everybody has this cerebrospinal fluid in their head, right. but not everybody's is blocked. Okay. You know, so I didn't have a natural drainage, so they put a natural drainage in my head. Okay. So that is what caused me to have all kinds of problems throughout my life. Yeah. Um, a wave of problems I've had because of that. Right. Because of the tumor. I mean, how did that make you feel, like, growing up with that? I mean, was it just something you were like, oh, this is this is what I deal with? Or is it something that you kind of struggled with and was like, I, did you did you stop and feel like it wasn't fair? Did you, were you angry? Or... Well, I always struggled with it. I mean, I always struggled with the pain and the medical issues yeah. throughout life. And But how did you, you handle it emotionally? Um, I don't know if I worried about emotionally growing up. Well, actually I did because the kids used to make fun of me. Okay. Because I used to have a, uh, a shunt, which is a big double bubble in the back of my head. Okay. Um, behind my ear. And the like kids vis- was, visible. Yeah, yeah. So kids would make uh, fun of me. So it was kind of difficult, yeah. Yeah. you know, growing up. But, I mean, over the years, like, people have become more mellow towards it. 
Kids are, I don't know why, but kids are ruthless. I mean, I, I remember, like, my best friend in, like, fourth grade, he had, uh, like, dental headgear, and, like, that's, okay, it looks funny, it looks like you got a radio station coming out of your mouth, but it's, like, a temporary thing, it's something that you just do to fix your bite or whatever. Man, kids were just ruthless about that. The same thing with, like, my name, like, it's not that big a deal, like, but... Having the name Jamie. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the dad knows he's not going to be in the kid's life, so he names him, a, gives him a girl's name so people will pick on him so that he'll become tough. <laughs> like, it's a messed up song. And, like, I actually met somebody recently who was like, oh, your name's Jamie? You must be tough. That's what they actually said to me. I was like... You've been listening to too much Johnny Cash. He said, now you just fought one hell of a fight, and I know you hate me and you got the right to kill me now, and I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in your eye, because I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue. Yeah, well, what could I do? What could I do? I got all choked up and I threw down my gun Called him a paw and he called me a son And I come away with a different point of view And I think about him now and then Every time I try and every time I win And if I ever have a son I think I'm gonna name him Bill or George, any damn thing But Sue, I still ain't that thing But no, I mean, I, I respect that and... I remember as a as a kid, I'm sure I had plenty of times where I was cruel to other kids because most of us are just not thinking right. But I had a lot of compassion on chronically picked on kids. I actually started a little gang in like fifth grade where we roughed up bullies. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that is what we did. This guy, uh, he was like the biggest kid in school, but people would pick on him because he was overweight. Finally, like I talked to and I was like, you shouldn't put up with this. You're a good guy. And I remember one time, uh, this this kid, uh, he was my friend's little brother. Had a little bit of a limp, and someone was making fun of him. He's making fun of Brian. Went over and shoved him. <laughs> I don't recommend violence, okay? Like I don't recommend violence. But this is this is how we dealt with that stuff. It was kind of funny. It was that's my gangster side because I'm a rapper, right? So yeah. that's my we we picked on people who picked on people. It was tough. <laughs> it was re a real tough, you know situation but I, I think that's the things that get you through life yeah you know when when you're when you deal with obstacles and yeah issues you know well one struggles. of the struggles one of the things um i love about you is and I, it probably comes from kids picking on you to some extent but it also comes from inside you as well you're an extremely strong person like you are one of my heroes this is just my impression of you. But if someone says, Bob, you cannot do X, you're going to say, want to bet? And you're going to try. Two things I particularly really admire about you is your education and your running. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did on those two things? Well, I have a master's degree in school counseling, elementary school counseling. And I also have, you know, I'm an avid runner. I've done marathons. I ran four marathons. And biathlons, biking and running I've done. So over the years, I mean, yeah, I've had obstacles. I've had uh, a lot of pain during those times. And yeah. I've had to take breaks in both my running and my education because of uh, medical issues. Okay. But I always yeah. got back on the horse, they sure. say. Like, I've always gone back to it. I don't let, yeah. even if it was six months break between running or I've always right, right, gotten right. right back to it. I mean, right. it would be a little bit of a struggle getting back, but I always got right back to it. Yeah, and you've you've had some spills and things like that. You like you've you've fallen. I, I know yeah. that's happened sometimes. Is, has that been part of what knocks you out for six months, or um, sometimes? Or is it more like, complicated than that? No, the the falls per se like aren't that much of a um, issue. Like you know, I just have to put like. Um, you know the band-aids on and take right. a little breath break, but and they don't really make me s Stop for like or crap out for like six months like sure, but you know the brain tumor has made me stop for that long Okay, at, at so does, does it like flare up 
or is there, or is there like no, periods where it gets worse? It's just it goes in 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 hills and valleys. It really, okay. you know, the tumor does, and it's a living thing. A tumor is a living sure. thing, so yeah. it does what it wants. Treatment, you can't treat a brain tumor per se. You you can only yeah. manage the symptoms of a brain tumor. Yeah. You know, I've had to manage the way I manage, which is taking a break or sitting it out yeah. for three weeks. Right. But, you know, getting back to it, that's the struggle. That's the struggle, yeah. too. You know? yeah. How many bones have you broken? I really didn't break that many. I mean, only from running. So it's more high-intensity stuff that poses the greater risk, right? Yeah, I mean, my wrists I've broken like six times, but that was from running and yeah. falling. Now, I was staying with you when I broke my wrist, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember being on that couch just in the other room yeah. and having to lay with my arm up because everything was swelling because they didn't actually fix it here. I had to fix it in Florida. I had like two or three weeks with walking around with a broken wrist and a cast. But like that, like it's amazing how easy it is to break a bone because all you, like that's the only bone I've broken. But I was going like three miles an hour on my skateboard and it was in the rain and that was the stupid part and it just slipped out from under me. But I can imagine, like, if you're running a freaking marathon and you trip, like, I feel like that's a bigger spill than my stupid little tiny spill, but it still broke my wrist. Because it's yeah. all in how you land, right? Yeah. That didn't really, like, stop me for a long time, I mean. Sure. Um, but it actually, like, you could see on my wrist, there's, like, the bone, you could see where it's been broken so many times. But, right. you know, that doesn't necessarily stop you from running. But I mean, like, like I've known tons of under runners that have knee injuries and ankle yeah. injuries, and I've never actually, I've been very lucky with that. I've never had knee, yeah. knee or ankle injuries throughout my running career. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can still run with a broken wrist, theoretically. Yeah, yeah. But an ankle can't exactly yeah. run with a broken ankle. I don't think you should skateboard, though, with any yeah, broken I've bone. <laughs> you know, I have only been back on my skateboard a couple of times since that whole thing happened. That was two and a half years ago. I feel bad. I still have yeah. my skateboard. I want to ride it. Yeah. But I remember how painful that was and how expensive it was. And I had what I considered decent insurance. And it still costs. You got to get the guards. You got to get the, you know, the, yeah. you got to have you're, the. You're probably right. If, if, I have, if I had the guards, I'd probably have a little more confidence. Yeah. So I should, I should probably do that. At one point I was using um, elbow pads Okay. when I was running because running. I was always afraid of injuring my elbow. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's smart. You could see the scars almost. Look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have scars on my elbow. So Bob is showing me a scar on his elbow, but this is a problem I keep having on the podcast. Guests and I all seem to think that that uh, listeners can see. And since this is audio only, we can't... I, I did, like, my second podcast. We kept pointing at things, and we realized, like, the only people who can see us pointing are the people in the room. Yeah. Which reminds me of something funny. I said to you that I want to know a little bit of your background. I don't remember how I said it. Do you remember how I said it? Not exactly. So you... What you understood from what I said was... That we needed some things for the background, right? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, should I put my medals out? Yeah. <laughs> so you had like running medals out. And then, and then like, I think it was last night, I was like, Bob, why the heck are your medals in the middle of the living room? And you're like, you told me you wanted it for the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So maybe we should get a picture with your medals and we could put that on the podcast page. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that'd be, that'd I, be cool. I, I got a kick out of that. Um, so I, I want to kind of start wrapping this up, but before we do, um, I want to ask you a very personal question about your faith. Because um, a lot of this podcast is, is about life struggles. And you've talked about some of those things. But the way we know each other is being part of the same church. Um, and I don't mean the same, like, local church. We're part of the same uh, Orthodox church worldwide. Yeah. Um, can you briefly tell me how you found that? And was there, you know, was there a crisis of faith that led you to that? Or how did you end up there? Well, I was always um, looking for a faith. Like, I really, like, I grew up Catholic. 
and yeah. I, um, I, I, I was okay with it for a long time, and he, up until undergrad, when I was an undergrad, you know, I started to question it, and I yeah. started to search out other faiths and um, look for other, explore other faiths. Mm-hmm. So I was um, in undergrad, and I was actually living in the dorms, and uh, my next door neighbor was Orthodox. Okay. And I started to go to church with him, and then, you know, in... Well, so just your next door neighbor, that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He became my godfather, actually, in the, in the faith. Oh, okay. I, um, nice. I actually um, graduated in 2000 from there. He graduated in 99, and he became my godfather in 2001. We came back okay. to the same area. He actually was the one that helped me figure it all out. You know, he really... So, so did he just, like, invite you one day, or did you have a conversation that led... To you going, can I come with you? To well, yeah, he did. Yeah, I said I was always looking. I told him my story and that I was looking and struggling and in search. And, you know, I started to go to church with him. Yes. And um, because I was just unhappy with a lot of the things that were I, that I was seeing in the sure. Catholic faith. And sure. struggling with a hundred things at the time. And yeah. I found solace in the yeah. Orthodox Church. Now, Orthodox is not easy. Though, have you have you had some struggles in coming into orthodoxy, or did did it just make sense and everything was fine right away? Or oh no, I had a hundred struggles. I mean, I was uh, struggling with everything from, you know, obviously I told you about my my medical issues, but I was yeah. always I always had like these inner struggles too. I mean, I struggled with my sexuality for about five years. Okay. Well, my entire life. I struggled with my sexuality, but Hey Lobo, aren't you shipwrecked? Hey Lobo, aren't you shipwrecked? Hey Lobo, I'm walking in the club like Um, excuse me, not you shipwrecked Hey Lobo, aren't you shipwrecked? Hey Lobo, aren't you shipwrecked? Hey Lobo, I'm walking in the club like Um, not you Once I got to know the church and got into the church, I, I started to feel more comfortable and more, uh, it, it started to help me deal with my sexuality, but it basically okay. made it go away. Like the urges and all the, everything that has to do with sexual urges towards me. Cause I was a, I was gay okay. and, um, I don't have any of those urges anymore. Okay. And it came from the Orthodox Church. Like it came from wow. being uh, more established and more ritual and more uh, spiritual in the church. No, so that that's interesting though because that's like such a big topic these days, and some people uh, feel like it's so much part of their identity they could never dream of living in a celibate lifestyle. Are you willing to comment a little bit on like what that was for you internally? Well, I've actually been celibate now for about four years. Okay. And I've had relatives, I've had friends, I've had, you know, conflicts with people about that. Like, why would you want to change who you are and why would you want to, yeah. you know, hide who you are and all that. And it's, you know, for me, it's like, this is who I am. That, mm. that person was not who I was. Okay. You know, this is this is who I really truly was supposed to be. Okay. You know, we I've I've shed my past. What what we see in the Orthodox Church is you put on the armor of Christ. Okay. So I'm I'm wearing that armor now, whereas before I didn't have that. Mm. So I was able to shed, you know, the past, yeah. which you know, to some may, people may argue with me that that was a sin, like, and that's yeah. a whole other topic. Well, yeah, and, and you're not saying, you're not judging anybody in talking about your own experience. I know from uh, associating with you that you have many homosexual friends. You have a running group that you, like, this is, it's still, like, part of your world. This is not you versus some sinner out there. That's yeah. not it at all. Yeah. You know, and I, I've never gotten that sense from you, but part of your journey has <laughs> Well, we have Olivia back there interrupting the podcast. Uh, Olivia, she's kind of internet famous. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely, you know, 
Um, no, it's Olivia. Not, it's not. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I mean, these were all this. These were conscious decisions for you, but they must. I can't imagine they were easy. Well, no, because I mean, I I, I had an incredible amount of friends in the in the gay world, you know. Yeah. So I mean, do, was my my whole issue is that my debates were okay. Now, so what do I do? I've had you know opinions everywhere you know what they yeah. say about opinions but like um <laughs> you know i have opinions from every coming from every situation like am i yeah. supposed to like leave my friends because i have this new faith and i yeah. you know am i supposed to not surround myself with that past like right, the homosexual right. people or am i supposed to like only surround myself with orthodox you know people with my same views yeah. and you know i i had that struggle constantly sure. And people telling me which way to go everywhere. Yeah. Everybody wants to try to push you their own way. Yeah. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Bob is, uh, the technical difficulties were a chihuahua pug. All right, keep going, Bob. So I, um, you know, I came to myself and I said, hey, I'm going to deal with this my way. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to abandon my friends, but I do, we, I did abandon my lifestyle. Yeah. You know, but I never abandoned my friends to this day. I still interact. Right. And my priest has given me um, permission, per se. Yeah. You know, that he thinks that I'll be okay. It's feedback and a blessing. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm strong enough to say, you know, it's not going to... Because the whole issue with that is, is people are afraid that I might be pulled back into that lifestyle. Yeah, and, and for some people that might be... That might be it. I'll just I'll just be straight up here. Like for me, I've never gone to a strip club. Most of my guy friends have at some point if the conversations ever come up, and I do not ever want to go into one because I know in my heart that if I cross that boundary, it would just become easier and easier. So, like that's just that's just one example. But you know, for some people, they have to put limits. Because they know if they don't, they'll go back to something that they don't want to participate in. Um, it, it's, it's like a lot of alcoholics can never touch a drink. Some people can walk the 12 steps and then they can eventually moderately drink. Uh, well, at least I think, I think some people can. Well, I, well I, can, I can still surround myself with friends, yeah. but I will never find myself you know, in, in a gay bar or... Oh, know, sure, online sure. dating like I used to do like I won't okay. go online scrolling the internet you know like right no, that makes sense so there there I still have my own I, I will still you still have limitations limits and boundaries yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense and that's smart I think I think I think that's wisdom I think we all need to learn to put limits even even if someone's not wanting to put those kinds of limits or the limits we all have to have somewhere otherwise we're insane people right like, <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if we don't, if we don't have limits, then we just walk all over. It depends on how many, how, how moral we are or how, sure. how much sure. we value yeah. or what we value. Yeah. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you sharing, uh, that stuff that, that was, um, was really helpful. Uh, I'm going to turn it to some lighter stuff as we get ready to wrap up the podcast. On this podcast, I always talk about what we are drinking. I am drinking water. I'm also drinking potato vodka. I can't ever remember the name of the brand of potato vodka. I need to remember it because I'm gonna be drinking it on many podcasts. Uh, it starts with an L. Highly recommend it, it's delicious. It was on sale here in Pennsylvania. Um, and the other thing I'm drinking is, so I bought cider for the house because I know you like cider. I know you don't drink much, but I know you like cider. So I found this pack from Austin East Ciders and I'm currently drinking a Texas honey cider. It's pretty good and uh, not too bad on the sugar. A little more than I usually would, would like to drink. They actually have added sugar in this, but it's kind of delicious and worth it occasionally. So what I actually tried it myself and I yeah. think, you know, I, I love cider, but I think the pineapple is too much for me. You So, so it's a mix pack though. Oh, really? So this one is honey. Oh, okay. And you, but you had the pineapple. You thought the pineapple was too sweet, but there's other ones in there. Okay, well then maybe I'll try the other ones. Like I know I've tried um, pear cider yeah. and apple cider, yeah. and I love both of them. Um, they have actually two tap rooms in Philadelphia right around me. I wish we would have been able to go there. Like 
they have pear cider and apple cider on tap. We can make this happen. I'm going to be yeah. here a few, few more days. Yeah. So you just let me know where these tap rooms are. Because <laughs> I only took you to the place that I know. This is a dive bar, but there are probably yeah. much better places. South Philly. It's called South Philly Tap Room. Oh, yeah. That, that place is so good. Yeah. They have, um, they have an incredible taco during like happy hour. Oh, yeah? It's a head cheese taco. It's like a... Well, I won't describe what it is because it might gross you out and might not want to eat it. But the, it's delicious. Yeah, it's incredibly delicious. So, but I'm drinking tea. I'm a. Yeah, we, I used to be a coffee drinker for like ten years. I drank coffee like crazy. Yeah. I actually stopped drinking coffee because of wanting to lose weight. It's kind of a yeah. weird yeah. Um, reason to stop. My my issue with coffee was I would put so much sugar and creamer in it. Right. Um, right. So remember that. that was the uh, issue with losing weight. Because yeah. with tea, I don't use creamer. Okay. And I only use half of the amount of sugar okay. I used to use with coffee. So, but I was a major addict, a major coffee yeah. addict. I remember that. But now I'm a major tea addict. I used to come and sit over here and you, you would be microwaving coffee like throughout the day. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, didn't you lose like seven pounds in like two weeks or something crazy I, like I that thought, when no, you gave no, it up? I don't know about that, but but I have lost a lot of weight. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I'm down like 20 over the course of a few years. Well, it's, it's amazing what a difference it can make just yeah. laying off the sugar. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal for me was... You know, I love gummy bears, and like, yeah. uh, I know that's not, that sounds childish, but like, giving up sugar has made a big difference in, in my life, and for you to even cut the sugar in half is like a big deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know my dad lost some weight when he stopped, he, he used to drink a glass of orange juice in the middle of the night, every night, and he gave it up, and lost maybe he maybe that's where I got seven pounds maybe he was the one who lost seven pounds in two weeks just by stopping drinking orange juice so what what kind of tea are you drinking Bromley okay so um, I actually have had that be an issue for me like I um, I don't like the bland Lipton or Tetley types of tea I need to have specific okay. types of tea sure and uh, you know of course there are luxurious like expensive stuff yeah. But I don't like all the flavored. I like the so regular. You're, you're not drinking something super fancy. No, but it's also no. not like Lipton level. Yes, like. yes, it, uh. it's a little bit, you know. But there are there are only about three brands that I like. Okay. I, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but Bromley is one of them. Okay. And it's so funny because you cannot find tea in Philadelphia, okay. except. Like at the local stores, I'm saying. Okay. Except Tetley and Lipton. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you have to go to like... <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have to order my tea online. That's how... And wow. I, so I order... I didn't know you were so fancy, Bob. Yeah, so I order it by the... And I get it by the 400. Okay. So once I get an order in, it lasts me a few... A while, you know. It's okay. funny, my sister's like... I'm like, how long do you think this will last me? She's like, four days. <laughs> because I am... Yeah, I, I, that that used to be an issue because when I used to go home to visit, yeah. I used to be like, "We gotta go for a coffee. We gotta go for a coffee." Like, you know? yeah, and, and I'm the same way with tea now. That's funny. So, so the last I'm not gonna bother you about beards. That is in the title, but you don't have a beard, so. Well, I used to. I okay. Mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't always that huge as yours, like you know, but I used to have it like a little bit long. But it was not like a full beard. I can't grow a full beard for you have, some reason. You have patches? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, you know, it doesn't connect, you know? Like, I could still How get... How does that make you feel inside? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, am I... You know, it's like weird. Like, does it make you less of a man because you don't... Your beard lines don't connect? Like... No, you know, like, but what is the reason? Like, I don't want to discriminate, why, but what is the reason why your your lines don't connect? I'm a man, like, aren't yeah. they supposed to connect? So I did a thing called Whiskerino, where I I have a tattoo. It's a it's a skull beard, and it says Whiskerino in the in the whiskers. And there was a guy, Spice J, and he he's in a band, uh, the Proto Men. He's in a band called the Proto Men. I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, they're really good. 
he couldn't do that either. And for four months, we grew a beard. Uh, like 500 dudes on the internet growing a beard together. And he tried. And like, I, I actually thought he was shaving. I thought he was like trying to do like a redneck thing. No, it was completely legit. It was like, that's how his beard grows in. And uh, I, I felt bad that I thought he was doing something rednecky, but no, it was just, that was, that was his beard. Yeah. He's a good dude, too. Uh, I don't know what ever happened to him. I mean, his, he's still around, but I should probably, I should, I'm going to reconnect with him. I'm going to send him this episode. Yeah. So we talked about the beard you can't grow, <laughs> but you did your best anyway. Yeah. So, so I'm okay with it the way it is, you know? Yeah. No, and, and, and it looks good, you know, you know what, what you got going on, you, you're keeping it clean, you're keeping it trimmed, and, uh, like, you've got some facial hair, but it's, it's clear that you, you've done a good job grooming, so. And while I like big beards, I do like being groomed, so that's, that's always helpful. So I, I like to close each show by asking my guests what their favorite rap song of all time is, and I'm hoping you have one. Um, when I when I walked in here, you were playing Naughty by Nature, which somehow turned into Criss Cross. I don't know if that was YouTube volunteering us to switch to Criss Cross, or if you switched, switched us to Criss Cross. Well, but it was a nice blast uh, to the early 90s past. Well, when I was younger, um, I had this, I used to work at Perkins. and what is I had, that? It's a restaurant. Okay. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Perkins, yeah, it's our breakfast place. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I had this, I was a dishwasher, and I had this other di- co-worker of mine, dishwasher, and he actually got me in an audio by nature. Okay. He actually, he recorded a, a CD, or tape for me. Okay, Back nice. then, they didn't have CDs. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... He recorded a, a tape of Naughty by Nature for me. That's how I got into Naughty by Nature. Nice. Uh, and Tretch, the main rapper from Naughty by Nature, he is an absolutely incredible rapper, and he is underrated. You know, everybody talks about, like, Tupac and Biggie Smalls because they missed them because they were killed. But I'm telling you, Tretch, that dude can flow. Like, his rap style is, is his own and it's intense and incredible. Do you have a particular song you'd like us to roll uh, into from them? No, I don't. I, well, I wouldn't even know it. I'm not like that into rap, so I don't really know. All right. But well, can I volunteer one? Sure, then? sure. So my, there's a lot of songs I love from Naughty by Nature, and I'm tempted to say Everything's Gonna Be Alright is my favorite song. But let's just face it, their greatest song of all time was Hip Hop Hooray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Commercial smash. Uh Uh-huh. Everybody loved it. It changed the way people thought about hip-hop. And it still has holding power today. And I even reference it on my new album. I make a reference to... uh, I have a song called Rap Is Not Music, Son. And it's a a rap song making fun of rap music. I I have a reference to Hip Hop Hooray being one of the greatest rap songs of all time, so. Yeah, it is good, I like it. Don't dispute I'm not the best, but I'm learning every day. I study the tape of Eminem and Dr. Dre. Hip Hop Hooray, way beyond today's white rhymers. I guess I'm on the verge of earning cranky over time. Take it back to the 90s, hip hop was rightly done. I feel like my dad complaining rap is not music, son. Alright, so that's, that's what we'll do. I'm, uh... Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett. I'm here with my good friend. Bob Lutzik. And you are listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. And we are going to close out with...
this clown.